What up? This is Mason Musso from the band Metro Station, and you're now listening and watching the Burndown Podcast. What's going on, everybody? Today's episode of the Burndown, we have the lead singer to a very popular band. You probably have heard of them. Metro Station had the hit song, Shake It, number three in the United States, number one in Australia. Now he's an independent musician, singer, songwriter. That man is Mason Muso, Mason, thank you very much for joining us here on The Burndown. What's going on, brother? Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for having me on. Now, hopefully I said it right. Is it Muso or Muso? or M- Muso. Muso. Okay. Yeah. People, and, pronounce, people have been pronouncing it all kinds of different ways my whole life. So it doesn't... I mean, I feel like it's a very <laughs> – it's not really hard to mess up. I mean, I, I didn't even know who you are. I was like, it's Muso. And I Googled you. I was like, yeah, Muso. That's easy. It's not like my last name. Joseph well, are you here. Italian? I, I am, but my last name is not so, Italian. So you wouldn't mess it up. No, you're, no, no. I'm uh, German, family, so I would. My, okay. My family, they're all uh, – like my, my great-grandfather, um, they were, all came from Sicily. Gotcha. Same. Sicile. Yeah, it's in the vowel, right? You know, so, you know, he's a good go. guy. He's one yeah. of us. Before, yeah. before like World War II, you know, they came over here. They they landed in, you know, uh, in New York. And then they started a produce. They went down and started a produce business in uh, in Texas. Oh, well, nice. The, Italians yeah. getting involved where, in produce. Where in huh? Texas? Yeah, food. That's what we know, food. Ah, you know. All right. Where in Texas they go down to? Uh, Dallas. Okay. My wife's from Austin, yeah. Texas. So Okay, cool. My, yeah. uh, my cousin... Um, her and her husband own a vineyard uh, an hour outside of Austin, a town called Fredericksburg. It's like basically yeah. the Napa of Texas. And um, uh, Senor Vineyards, if you're ever over there. I know exactly where I, Fredericksburg uh, is. Oh, my co- my cousins work there. My dad's over there. So we kind of we we uh, we kind of run the joint. What's, right it, it's, what's it, it called? It's a beautiful Senor Vineyards, S-I-G-N-O-R Vineyards. It's a beautiful uh Beautiful spot right in Fredericksburg, Texas. I'm gonna write it down because I go I go down to Texas frequently. So get, get involved. So are you, yeah. next time family, you're there, is your family still involved in the in the produce business in the food business? No, they sold it a, lo- a while back. My my grandfather took it over from from my grandmother's dad, who ran it, and then they they sold the business after um, my great grandfather passed away. It, yeah, it's a it's a pretty funny story. So before we get into it, you know how we got connected because. I, you fought. Fo- either you, I, you had to follow me on Instagram, and I saw yeah. you. Were, I saw you were verifi- verified. I was like, oh, that's cool. He's got the check mark. Yeah, he's got the check mark. <laughs> he got to be somebody interesting. So right, I, right. I couldn't pick up who it was. I was like, oh, cool, this guy. You know, following back this and that. And then I noticed you started commenting on a lot of the cigar videos. I was like, this guy. Yep. You know, he's got to be a cigar guy, obviously. And then uh, I just reached out to you. I was like, without even know really knowing, I was like, he's got to be interesting. He's got to be somebody. Let me do some research. And I was like, oh. Oh, brother uh, of Hannah Montana. He joined the band, yeah. this and that. His brother was in Hannah Montana show. So yeah. once we had you on, I was like, uh, I told my wife, and I was like, yeah, I'm getting this guy Mason Musso on. He's part of this band, Metro. And she's like, <laughs> Eric, you know who that is, right? And I'm like, no. I'm like, who? He goes, you know the song Shake, Shake? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. She's like, that's him. I'm like, no fucking way. <laughs> that's hilarious. That, it blew that's my hilarious. mind. I was like, bah. I was like, duh. And it's, and it's funny because when he told me, um, so my my wife growing like she was a huge Hannah Montana fan, course, right? Yeah. So okay. when I told her the whole story, she goes, "Are you? Does he know Miley Cyrus? Does he know?" I was like, "I'm assuming he probably does." I'm like, yeah. you know, the, his his 
other band member is Miley's brother. Nice. So I was like, I'm assuming. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm assuming they've probably met. She goes, exactly. oh, my God. Oh, she's like freaking Because as soon as she said that, I'm like, I, it instantly brought me back. Because that song came out, what, like 2007, right? Yeah, the first record came out in 2007. And, I mean, we started getting, like, traction on MySpace in, like, 2006. Yeah. You know, it's kind of when when everything started. We got signed in 2007, t- released the record in 2007, and then... You know, Shake It was probably on the radio. Nine, ten is probably like the peak of when you know, you know, a lot of that was it was everywhere. Know, popping off. It was everywhere. Yeah. It was like one of so. those songs that like any radio station you would go to. It was like you go to one hundred six point one, it was on. You go to one hundred five point one, it was on. And I was like, yeah. I can't well, get we, I mean, so we actually, you know, we were listening to listening to a lot of your songs uh, before yeah. prior to this, um, and we were you know watching <laughs> some of the interviews and and kind of yep uh, prepping and. We noticed on Spotify, the song Shake It was played over 200 million times. 230 million. 230 million. And now I'm going to add to this. Spotify, that song came out, like you said, 2007. Right. I don't think Spotify was around 2007. None of them were around. Of course not. None of them were around. So, you know, think about it came out in 2007. Spotify came around, I mean, probably in the last, what, 10 years maybe? So those first five years didn't have anything. And now Spotify comes out, and now it still has two hundred thirty million. And that's just Spotify. <laughs> so, and it's just Spotify. Now, are you are you collecting some royalties? Are you getting some cash from all those streams? Of and course. Stuff? How does that? Yeah, hey, I always, I'm always curious how that works because I always hear like of you course. know the record industry. You know, does the artist dirty? They only collect yeah. a small percentage. This and that. So I'm always curious. So I mean, people get mad. Some people, you know, there is obviously it's a business just like anything else, and there, you know, there are. There are way, you know, you're going to have to sign contracts to for them to want to do a deal with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know this, this idea that <clears throat> it's, it's mean or it's bad or the music industry is, I mean, there's definitely some, some stuff that's, you know, not great, but at the same time, it's like they bring you to a place where they can promote you mm-hmm. Um and they're also machines, right? The, the a label is a machine. It doesn't have a soul. It's not a person you can really hate or anything. You know, it's it's there to make money. And so you, I don't know. I know some people, you know, are like very punk rock about it. Like, oh fuck the all the labels and everything. But you know, I, I don't really. I don't know. I've never really you, been like. You don't have a bad experience. No, but the, I mean, no. To your no. point is it, the, the label's yeah. got to make money. Yeah. Right. Like they're not going to sign somebody if they're not going to make money off of them. Like you said, yeah. at the end of the day, whoever owns a label, whoever works the label, they need to pay their yeah. bills too. Yeah. But I think like well, you know, it's it's good to see that because I've heard that in some cases where you get signed to a label and um, let's call it lack of a better term, you're young and dumb and you don't know any better and can you kinda, totally happen. And you get can the totally shit. Happen, yeah, but. you get the short end of the stick, right? And you're later on you're like shit i should have been making royalties and they kind of screw you and they get 90 yeah. percent, you get 10 percent, right but it I sounds mean, like in your case that's it's not. mostly from the it's mostly from the managers right. it's not even the labels it's the managers dude i mean that's you know what they what got mean? lawyers and right? not but, all not all but you know so we're, we're so we're smoking blueprints here obviously our cigar yes. we sent you some blueprints we wanted you to smoke yes. them obviously you got to preserve the vocals so you're doing a show you told us beforehand yeah. this weekend so you won't be smoking today, but you did smoke yeah. a blueprint yesterday. So I'm curious to see, you know, your thoughts on the cigar. Unless you want to drop an yeah. octave on your. Uh... <laughs> yeah. No, it all. You know, it does. I usually, I usually do one a day, 
Um, and I'll smoke it at night, usually with a, uh, um, usually with the bourbon. I like, I like, I, I'm not really into Scott. I have some of um, my bourbons as well. If you guys wanted to see what I usually pair up. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I mean, that's cigars. what we're, we're pairing or a good, with. Or a good beer. I like a good beer with a cigar as well. But yes, I had one of your blueprints um, last night and it was delicious. And here's some of my... I wrote some notes down. Oh, he's coming prepared. I love this. This is a first. This is actually a first. All, po- all positive. This is a first. We haven't stuff. had somebody say, if hey. There's a, if there's any negative, please. We, we love no negative. It, it, there, really, there really wasn't. I was very impressed. Thank you. Um, uh, so a lot of spice, which I like. I like the spice because I want to I kind of feel it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I got into cigars because I was a cigarette smoker for years and years and years and years and years. Um, you know, from like 16 to, I guess I quit smoking cigarettes at like 25, you know, and I just went into cigars and that kind of like helped me, you know, quit smoking cigarettes. So for me, I like, I like to feel it. And, um, I, I felt like the cigar, y'all cigar was, uh, powerful. It was very powerful. I got lots of, um, hints of licorice. Which I really liked. You guys ever taste that in the cigar? Liquor. I've not in our cigar, but that's like interesting. A little, no, it's well, no, Kinda it's like, it's, um, it's interesting because everyone's palate's different. yeah, everybody's palate's different. So, like yeah. for instance, we might, I might not pick up licorice in our cigar, but you do. You know that, you and know that's that great. Greek alcohol. Yeah, uh, uzo, uzo, or whatever it is. Yeah, kind of like little hints of that. In okay, there. almost like a sambuca. Ah. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then and then towards the towards the end, I kind of got um. Uh, like kind of like a very a meaty quality, like bacon burn-ins, and it was and a little bit of like sweetness. Bro, so that's my that's that's pretty extensive. That's my kind that. of stuff. So that's I like that. I really enjoyed it. It was Thank it you, was bro. it was big. I love that. I would actually yeah, I would agree the uh, the the meatiness. I, I I labeled it as like a chewiness mm-hmm. almost yeah. right. Like you got like you said burnt ends when you're chewing on burnt ends. You can kind of feel it almost like you ever have a a, a coke and you know how the coke kind of coats your mouth and it's almost like. Yeah, like you can get the chewiness. Same yeah, thing with like yeah. a really bold wine. You know what? It that's coats a, your mouth, and you can really feel it. That's interesting. I get this. Yeah, because sometimes you'll have one of those cigars that's very like, uh, what's the, like, wispy. Is that is that even a word? I think that's a word. Wispy. Like the smoke is very. It is now. Light. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's very light, and you just kind of not really. Feel yeah, like, like a wisp. Like you're wisping. Uh, yeah, pancakes. That's a wisp. Yeah, you're just like oh, wisp. You're, not, you're not feeling like you're getting. <laughs> you're not getting anything out of it, but this like you know a lot of smoke, and you're just like okay. I find yeah. that with it burned really well. I find that with Cubans. Oh, okay. like oh, okay. a lot of Cubans I find are very um, light, and I don't not I, powerful. I, yeah, I don't really get a yeah. whole lot. Some Cubans I do. I, I'm not gonna lie. Some Cubans I had are absolutely fantastic, but some other Cubans I, I feel like I don't get much out of it. Like yeah. like you said, you like the the spice, so you like you probably yeah. tend to lean towards Nicaraguan, which our cigar has I love Nicaraguan, a good Nicaraguan. Right. I love a good Nicaraguan. Yeah, and our cigar has Nicaraguan fillers. Or, or has a Nicaraguan uh, filler, but I find with the Cubans it's kind of like that wispy. You I don't... always find the Cubans like very earthy and like kind of like a Dominican where it's not not always heavy. It's kind of light and kind of yeah. just like kind of just yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think you have to go with the Cubans, sadly. And I, you know, I like I like cheaper smokes. I don't. Yeah, you know, I I totally think you don't need to spend a bunch of money to get a good smoking experience, but. Um, if you spend the money on like the higher end Cubans, I feel like you know you kind of get, it's yeah, it's not. Is it worth it? I don't know. It's worth yeah. it. Like I mean, you know, my spot I go to, uh, 
Not that they sell Cubans because they absolutely do not. But <clears throat> sometimes you'll find, you know, if you find, you know, Cohibas and stuff, I mean, it's like $64 for Robusto. Yeah. You know, the prices have gone up crazy. It's just like it's not really worth it in my opinion. Yeah, California They're delicious. They're delicious, but it's not really worth it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I'm, I'm with you is I find because – we I've had cigars that you know hundred dollar cigars two hundred dollar cigars and they're and right. they're fa- they're fantastic right yeah but for the same two hundred bucks I can go get you know here in New York a Padron is a regular Padron like nineteen sixty four is probably like thirty yeah. bucks yeah. so I can take the same two hundred dollars and get six Padrones that are higher end sticks Padrones are not cheap they're thirty bucks that's more on the higher end mm-hmm. I can get six seven of those for the same price as the one two hundred dollar cigar. I mean, I'm going to go with the six. And then if you go take a step down and get like a $10 stick, I can get 20 $10 sticks for the price of one. I like an abundance. You, know? so you can get a whole, you get a box. I get a whole, you, you get, get our box. You get our box for 200 bucks. So. Easily. Easily. There you Easily. go. I do have some cigars, um, some of my prized possessions that I can show you guys here in a little bit that I yeah. do think when it comes to Cubans or, um, you know, Dominicans and stuff like that, if you do spend the money, you're going to get you know, a great smoking experience. Is it always worth it? No, but if you have the cash and you, you know, you love cigars, then it's worth sometimes it. it can be worth it. Are you rocking a Death Row t-shirt? Yeah. I respect that. I love that. <laughs> yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Now, Snoop Dogg actually just bought Death Row Records. Fun fact. I love Did how you really? recognize yeah. that. I didn't, I didn't pick that up because it'll, uh, now I can, yeah, now it, now that you said it and I can recognize the shirt. Death well, Row. Over man. here in LA, I'm, a, I'm actually a Texan. I'm from Texas, but I'm over here in LA, so I rep, you know, the, the uh, LA culture, yeah, right? Yeah. LA. Well, yeah. see, I, I, you know, see, he's got the he's got the death row to rep the LA, but then he also has the cross hanging from to rep Texans. So, <laughs> okay, little mosh posh of it all. Conflicting, right? yeah, there very conflicting. But I love you know, it, bro. We're love we're all about that over here on the on the West Coast, you know. Yeah, the very, com- yeah, very the interesting <laughs> people. <laughs> the all confli- kinds of conflicting types. ideologies. It's like yeah, you're it's walking su- contradiction. It's a, sunny, <laughs> it's a sunny place for shady people. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. There you I go. I like that. You know. All right. So, um, all right. So let. So obviously, right. We got it. We got to talk about Metro Station. Okay. Sure. I mean, we don't. We're not going to bring on bring on Mason Musso and then not talk about Metro Station. Come on. Okay. I want to hear about Shake, baby. Come on. My all right. Been so, for this. so, so tell us. You know. Bring us all the way back. How did you how did you get into, you know, the band called Metro? Was it always called Metro Station? Was it called something else? How did you come up with the name? How'd you meet the guys? Like give us the the beginnings of Metro Station. Okay. So I moved here. I moved to is my camera kind of blurry? No, you're good, brother. No, you're good. No, okay. My I moved here um when I was like twelve. My little brothers were into acting. My parents did theater. And so they started trying to get them. My little brother's booked in commercials and stuff in around Texas. My little brother, he booked a bunch of different stuff. Um, but when he booked a show on Disney, Hannah Montana, my family moved out here. Um, so my brother was working on the set of Hannah Montana. And one day my mom came to me and she was like, Hey, you know, the, uh, the, the other girl on the show, um, she has an older brother who's exactly your age. And, you know, me and me and the mom, the moms were talking. They're like, hey, you have a son that's 15. I have a son that's 15. They should get up and hang out or, you know, get together and hang out. And so that's how I met Trace. I met him. You know, we decided to hang out one day. And then from there, I mean, we literally just started making music on GarageBand. 
you know, and we started posting it on MySpace, and that's uh, and then we met the uh, the keyboardist and the drummer, and that's when we were like, okay, we need to figure out a band name. And uh, one day I was driving around Hollywood over here, and I was like, oh, the Metro Metro Station. You know, I thought that was a uh, uh, a good name, which is actually difficult to get because there's so you know a lot of the Metro stations are government, so like even our website is Metro Station Music, mm. you know, because uh, everything it's all like government stuff, Metro stations. So, so you were driving yeah, around and original. just saw the Matt. You're like, "Eh, hey, that's that works." And you brought it back because to your band. Around, like, yeah, because yeah, cool. we're throwing around different ideas, and like you know, it's so it's so difficult to come up. I'm sure it was hard to come up with you know 100%. y'all's y'all's podcast name. You know, naming anything because it kind of sounds lame at first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of sounds lame, and then you're like, "Oh, maybe you know." Bro, my first Instagram name was obviously Brother Cigar, but my first name was Bro Smoke, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh, that's a good name." And then I'm like, "That's so whack. It's such a yeah. terrible name." But uh. It's it's hard. Like we, it almost took us like six months to come up with the name for the blueprint. The blue, uh, the burn down kind of took us not so long. I'm a big person with um, what do you call them? Acronyms. So mm-hmm. the burn down podcast we came up because BDP. I was like, yeah, what's something cool people can say like BDP? Like I like acronyms like TLC or TNT or whatever. Sure. And uh, I'm brother cigar. He's dapper cigar. So I was like, all right, BD and a podcast, BDP. What, what can we do with cigars? And will you burn yeah. a cigar? And you burn a cigar down. That's the burn down. We're talking about different shit. Burn down podcast. It is. It's more, I, I, I really like the name of the cigar, the blueprint. I think that's really cool. Thank well, you. And, thank the, you. and the, uh, this, this, you know, we kind of have the, the blue, um, with it. A lot of that stuff, you know, obviously it doesn't matter about a cigar, but I think, I think, you know, for me, I'm all about the visual. So I like a good logo Same. and a good, and color, um something that pops you know, I, yeah because because most cigar most people who walk in uh you know to buy a cigar they don't know anything about a cigar so they see the ones with like the little foot band they're like that looks great i'm gonna take that you know that's beautiful you know exactly you know it looks fancy yeah you know? so they're gonna do it you know i think all that stuff is you know you kind of a lot of cigar people might push that away you know like but some people aren't really super they don't. They don't know anything about cigars. 100%. So little things like that right. catch their eye. And I mean, I mean, you smoke with your eyes first, right? Yes. So when you walk into a cigar lounge, the first thing you do is you look around for what you're going to smoke. So we decided, hey, every cigar, like majority of cigars, have just regular labels. Like if you, we have a, a wall right here that's got all different cigar boxes, and you look up, and most of them have like the wood, the wood colors, like the browns and the beiges, yep. and there's, you know, dark browns, there's blacks. So I go there, you know, there's some yellows. So I go, what's, we said, what's going to pop? Like when you walk in, you want something that just bangs. So if you have our cigar, the blueprint, that has got a blue label, a blue box, and it's up against all the other ones, your eyes are instantly going to go to blue mm-hmm. first. That's how I pick cigars so. when I first started. I just pick cigars based on how they looked. You know, my mm-hmm. whole life. I liked football teams based on their colors. I like Pokemon based on how they looked. You know, I, I visual for everything. So I was like, when I create a cigar, it's gotta be it's gotta be cool to look at. There's a there's a whole science behind it too. You know, 100%. even in even with food, um, you know, apparently, you know, uh you know, with like I don't know, McDonald's and stuff, yellow apparently, you know, catches people's eye, obviously. Yep. You know, um and red is kind of a more um, you know, the Romans used it, right? So it's got to have something to do with war or something like that. So I think colors are... Um, there's a sci- there's know. a psychological aspect. Yes. 100%. 100%. Yep. 100%. I mean, that's why if you look at all of the technology companies out there, they're all neutral colors like grays and 
Like, look at Apple, Microsoft, IBM, Tesla. Yeah. They're all gray. Mm-hmm. So yep. it's, it's just neutral stuff. And then if you look but at, the, except for Google, who uses every color of the rainbow. <laughs> and symbols, symbols are really important too. I mean, Apple's logo is so symbolic. You know, the app, the the bite out of the apple. You know, yeah. You know, straight out, you know, straight out of the Bible. You know, so all the all the symbols and stuff are very important. That's actually very interesting that you brought that up because I saw a meme the other day that said something. That I guess you call it a, a meme, but it just was a picture of Adam and Eve, and they're saying, "Isn't it funny how, um, like the first, I guess I, I, it's not really the first sin, right? Because the first sin would be when Cain murdered Abel, but no, it'd be the first. It'd I be guess the first it'd be the first sin. sin. They yeah. were before because they were before Cain. Yeah, yeah, it was the first thing they said. Don't do this, and they did it, right? And yeah. it's you take a bite out of the apple. So now it's and that was the 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 toxic. Apple, right? Don't take this year. And now you have Apple Company and the biggest symbol, and everybody has a phone. Don't do that. And they all have That's the funny. thing that is like the most toxic in your life is your cell phone. That's it. Um, yeah. Anyway, I saw that and I thought it was pretty interesting. So, so were, it's, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's were you, uh, when you were starting your band, were you still in high school or were you just finished high school? I actually, or when you blew up, I should I, say. When I left. Just... I left Texas middle of tenth grade. I left. I was went to um, town. I grew up in a town called Rockwall, Rockwall, Texas, mm-hmm. uh, right outside of Dallas, like twenty five minutes outside of Dallas. Um, and left middle of tenth grade to do, to finish up homeschool because I came to California. So yeah. when I came to California, there, you know, my parents were like, "We can put you in a new school, uh, you know, with a bunch of kids you don't know." You know, and I was like, I definitely don't want to do that because, you know, that sounds and I already I already had some friends out here. So I was like, you know, I'll just homeschool. Yeah, because Justin you know? and I were talking like, man, if he was in still in high school, he had a freaking huge blockbuster. Yeah, break I was going to ask. Rap, you. I pretty yeah. much was. I mean, I was 18. So you, know, you, so my, you finished high school at 18. I mean, I finished high school at like 17. OK, but I kind of didn't really. Yeah, kind of. But, but yeah, put that one under the really, table, right? But you, know, you, so you were hanging because, out with people in high because school because I had to get on the road, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, on the yeah. road, right? So I was like, so. But anyway, you know, when my record was coming out, you know, all my friends were, you know, you know, graduating high school, you know. So how was it like uh, having that like level of flame, uh, not flame, uh, the level of fame like, at such a young age? Like, did you feel like you were on top of the world? Like, did you have like any? no control of what you were doing like how was that whole experience being so young it's a lot i definitely i definitely felt like um you know it can be abused you know like when you get a lot of money at that young of an age it's kind of like everyone wants to be your friend and um it can it's it's definitely not bad because i know a lot of people have that that mentality of like um, you know, Hollywood kids and they get a bunch of money and then, you know, something horrible happens to them. But, yeah. you know, th- that wasn't that wasn't really me. I'll, I'll definitely tell you, you know, after a while you start realizing, you know, oh, these people are only really hanging out with me because I like, you know, pay for everything. Did you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did, you, uh, did you understand or like weed out that mentality pretty early? Like, oh, these people are just with me because they want to party and I have money. Like they're not really here for me. Did, did you know that at a young age, or it kind of took a little bit to kind of figure no, out? No, it took a little bit of time. Yeah, it took a little bit of time. Yeah, because I'm sure, like, yeah. you, know, what, you know, you have a blow up, a huge record. The record label's got to give you a bunch of money to shoot music yeah. videos and stuff like that. 
And then everybody starts saying, "Oh yeah, yeah." Uh, I, f- I always believe. I you always believe. Yeah, okay. I yeah. always knew it. I yeah, always okay. knew you were the mean man. Of course. Yeah, yeah. So how did how did you how did you? Um, I took care of a lot of people too. You know, when people needed stuff, I did. You know? Yeah, and any good person would. Well, so. I I try to be, but I'll, but you know, it's like can't a lot please of those, everybody, right? You know, you can't please everybody, and a lot of those people that I think you know, as you get older. My friends become fewer and fewer. Like my real friends. Yeah, I have a lot of I have a lot of friends, but like real friends, you know, it's just it becomes fewer and fewer because you know it's it's a it's a doggy talk world out there, man. Listen, no, I a hundred percent agree with that because I've always said that like I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying so. It's like when as you get older, and we're all we're all victims to this is you want to have i mean that's what social media is all about you want the approval of many and you just want likes and likes and likes and people to approve what i do and you want more friends and more friends and more friends and you think that that makes you you almost think that it makes you a better person like the more friends i have the more validated i am the more Mm -hmm. secure but it's the older you get you realize no that's it's the less friends I, i want four people that if shit hits the fan i can call them and they'll be there yeah as opposed to a hundred people that are only around when they need something from me and not vice versa. So it's like as you get older, it just gets – your circle gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Quality over quantity. Yes, 100%. Atta boy. That's exactly 100%. It's like going back to buying one Cuban or fucking 10 Padrones. Well, well, (laughs) Well, then we're kind of like – At least in my case, I'd still buy fucking 10 Padrones over a Cuban. Right. Yeah, me me too. You know what I'm saying? But um, all right. So because that's still quality. That's damn I was just gonna say that's yeah. ten quality over. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess. One, that's, yeah. I guess that's an like what is that an oxymoron <clears throat> almost type of thing. So to go back on the bourbons, we're actually drinking um, Eagle Rare tonight. Uh, let me go show. Let me go grab the stuff I I usually. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's be right take, back. Like a Sounds like a bumper sticker to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah that's funny. That's, that's like a okay. Sticker. So he's got a couple of bottles here. Okay. So I'll show you. I'll show you my bourbons. Well, one's a whiskey. So I'll show you my bourbons and whiskey first. Okay. I I can't really do scotch, but I do like um I like bourbons Same. and I like whiskeys and I like um I like like a good beer. And sometimes I'll uh I'll drink wine. Being Italian, I like a good porto. But it's usually bourbon. So the the new Jack Daniels bonded. I've seen that. Um you guys had it's it one whiskey of the year for um that's what uh, I saw. Yeah, it, it's whiskey. I forget which one. It's the one that Cigar Aficionado owns. Yeah, I just whiskey saw, enthusiast or whiskey. Uh, is it something like that. I did see that that bourbon or whiskey just won that for the for the uh, for twenty twenty two. It's like around thirty. It's like thirty something bucks here. Really, really good, delicious. That's Jack Daniels um, bonded. Bonded, yeah. So it's it's higher alcohol, um, deeper, darker, you know, flavor. It's really it's quite good. Nice. Um, this one, George Dickel, uh, the uh, two thousand spring of two thousand seven one. This one won whiskey of the year, I think, in like sixteen or seventeen. Oh, I haven't had. So um, I, I want to write that one down. George Dickel. I never even heard of that. Yeah, this one's really good too. It's dark. It's like That's you know, fine uh, how do you find your like bourbons? peanuts? How do you find like the lot, I go. Like? I like. I like. You know, when I'm looking for cigars, I I do pick up a cigar aficionado, or I, I do pick up. The, I think it's whiskey enthusiast. Okay. I, yeah, I think that's I think what it's too. called. So I lo- it's George I like Dickel Bourbon, huh? Yeah, George Dickel Bourbon. Um, bottle. I'm sorry. This is a George Dickel Tennessee Bottle and Bond whiskey. So it's not a bourbon. It's a whiskey. Oh, okay. It reminds me of that uh, commercial with Dickens Cider. 
Oh, you ever yeah. see that commercial? Have you ever seen that commercial? Yeah. I don't know if that was a real commercial. Though. I don't know if it was a real commercial, but somebody came up with Dickens Cider, and it said, you got to start your morning with Dickens Cider. <laughs> it was a joke. He would go around to like, oh, like you know, guys, girls, and they're like, oh, I love having a nice Dickens Cider. I'm oh, like, oh, my God, it's hilarious. That's hilarious. That's yeah. funny. Like, I can't go out with a day without having a Dickens Cider. <laughs> <laughs> so what are the other ones? So you got you have the, the Jack This Daniels. is my last one. This one, um, this one is... Super. This brand is hard to find. So um, the Carters, this is an old Carter. Mm. So this is a bourbon. Um, they used to make wine, and now they're into whiskey or whiskeys and bourbons. And this is a um, this is a bourbon um, bottled in Kentucky. And you know these are more these are like on the pricier side of bourbons. Old this, Carter. This, I'm this writing this down. Is look up. Try to find this brand. Old Carter. Amazing, amazing stuff. Um, if you like whiskeys and bourbons, they okay. do really great work. Yeah, and probably. rise, they do rise as well. Okay. So, yeah, rise tends like to be a little three. bit sweeter too. So, so are yeah, you, rise sweet. Yeah. So, are you smoking a cigar and having a glass of bourbon every day? Is that what you said? Almost every day. At night, that's probably my go-to. Some some nights I don't get to, but but that's my that's you try to you know that's my way to relax. Really, you know, um, uh, tried a lot of other stuff. And that didn't really <laughs> that doesn't Yeah, really I was gonna be my relax. next question. Being like, yeah, you know, yeah, a young yeah. kid, I'm sure there's a lot of yeah. vices being out in Hollywood and LA. I'm sure you're going to a bunch of different parties, probably yeah. you know, seeing people do a lot of different things. You know, were were those vices like intriguing for you or kind of like meh? Like how did you deal with that being in the entertainment? Very, very very intriguing. Yeah. Sadly. But I got to a point where I just the you know I don't know. Like those, the conversations were meaningless. This, you know, a lot of the, you know, a lot of the drugs culture, especially out here, it just gets to a point where it's like, that's all people want to do. There's no really good discussions. There's no great conversations. And a lot of what I've experienced within the cigar community is, you know, they can, you know, you can have just a normal guy's conversation. And then at the same time, you have like, you know, people who are, you know, philosophical poets, you know, people who are, you know, can, you can have really in-depth conversations too. So it's not, you know, it, it's definitely can feel like some sort of a boys club at times. Not that that's a bad thing. That's a good thing. I think yeah. in today's, yeah. in today's day and age, no doubt. But one of my friends or a guy I follow on Twitter, he said, um, someone was pointing out that, you know, cigars nowadays, they always you know, especially here in Hollywood, they picture the the cigar smoker is always a villain. You know, mm. they paint the cigar smoker as like the bad, evil business type or the, you know, <laughs> horrible, you know, villain or whatever. And um, this guy, Mike Cernovich, who I follow, he was like, tobacco is, he said on Twitter, he said, tobacco is spiritual. It was used in uh, shamanic uh, practices. Cigars are one of the few overt acts of resistance a man can make today. And I thought that was that's powerful stuff. That was really wow. cool. Yeah, wow. I thought that was really cool. And who said that? Who's that? It is Mike Cernovich. If you follow him on Twitter, and, and super what, super smart guy. And who is like who is he? What does he do? What's he his? just? I think he's. I think he does kind of political stuff, and he kind of is just kind of like a culture guy. Got you it. know, he's just in yeah. Mike Cernovich. That's that's yeah. And you know, give him a follow. And that's you know again that's something we always preach about, especially with cigars and on the burn downs. You know why we have this podcast? It's about bringing people together over cigar because. You know, you can be a construction worker, you can be a, in a band, you can be a CFO, and no matter you know what you do in life, you know, you brings it back as a cigar. You can have a conversation no matter what. You guys can talk about how your day was. You can talk about 
cigars. You could talk about the football game. And there's really no animosity. There's really no usually a judge-free zone when you're smoking a cigar in a cigar lounge. And like I always say, I don't want it to be, but you can usually you could probably have political debates in a cigar lounge. Yeah. That's how like you know calm and back and forth it could be. And I love I love how what you had said that the quality of conversation mm. in those different realm like okay the the drug scene right you said that the just the quality of conversations in the drug scene was just not there people were just there to do drugs and then that was that was it right but the quality of conversation that you have in the cigar scene is on a totally different um level and you said it doesn't matter you can have conversations about anything over a cigar but like you had said before, you'd rather have quality over quantity, right? So I can, you know, be in that scene over here and have a million conversations, but none of them mean anything. And it's all just, it's just crap. And it's, you're all just hanging out just to do the act of whatever the drug is versus over here, I can have one cigar a week at a cigar lounge, but the conversation, every time I'm there, the quality is just so, it's, it's rich conversation. And that's what we love about the cigar world. Yeah. And I think it's it's not about you know it's you you you're not getting loaded by smoking a cigar. No, right. and no no bad you know towards anyone that has different vices that you know kind of um, chills them out more or whatever. Where you're, you know whatever you're doing, but you know with a cigar you're not getting loaded. It's just you know your your mind is clear. It may be even more clear. You're even more you know focused. You know I feel like I I am sometimes. I come up with great ideas. I think they're great. They might be shit. I don't know, but you know. Yeah, it's it's very therapeutic. It's it's you know you're you know kind of what Mike Cernovich was saying. I mean, like especially in the you know the Americas, you know a lot of the Indians were using it as a very spiritual connecting to you know a spiritual. It's a very spiritual thing, you know. So yeah, hundred um, percent. And I think that it's awesome. And I yeah. think like I've, I've I've said it too, where um, and I actually I don't even I don't think I've ever heard this before. I think I've come come up with this myself. I might want to trademark it. You know, I don't know. It sounds pretty <laughs> good to me, uh-oh, but uh-oh. I've always said that that a cigar turns cloudy thoughts into clouds of smoke. And it it's like you had said. I've you even think of it. I think cl- clearer after I have a cigar because you know after the stressful day you have all these things going on, blah blah, blah and you come home and it's your way to unwind. So mm-hmm. your brain, your mind is going a million miles a minute. But you can sit down and have a cigar, and all of that gets kind of. You can calm relaxed. down and it gets relaxed and you can clear out that fogginess and come up with great ideas. You can just – if you don't want to think about it, you can just relax, put on some tunes and just chill. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah. I've said that cigars are a way to turn your cloudy thoughts into clouds of smoke. Yeah, it's it's pretty – I wild. love that. It's, That's you know, great. Being involved with cigars for the last, I don't know, uh, five, six, seven or so years, you know, my friends over time have gotten more intrigued with cigars and they'll come to me and they'll be like, dude – I wish I smoked cigars earlier. Like I love smoking cigars. I get to just chill, relax. I get to like decompress. I'm end of my day. Like I can just be one with my thoughts. Like I wish I did this sooner. Thank God I'm friends with you. And I'm like, come on, man, join the train. What's all about? <laughs> you know, this is why we're doing something with Mason Musso because we may not have much in common, but we do like cigars, and that's why we're here, baby. That's what I try to tell like some of my friends that are still smoking cigarettes. Like nothing against it. I, I, you know. I love tobacco too. Like it's great, but there is, I saw, I think one of you guys said this the other day on Instagram or something. It's like cigarettes are like nervous. You know what I mean? Yeah. My, my friend comes over and he has to come outside, you know, every 10 minutes or so, you know, I'll, I'll probably, I I might have two cigars a day, but I'll usually just have one and I'll have it at night. Yeah. You know, after my day is done, everything's done. Um, but you know, you're having to run outside to smoke a cigarette 
You know, I was that person too, but I think that's why I try to get my cigarette friends into cigars because it's like, look how, you know, much bigger the world is of tobacco. Look at, you know, you can, you can find out where your tobacco leaf is coming from, you know, how it was aged, you know, the quality of it, you know, you can, and it's, and it's so much more um, beautiful than buying the same marble lights every fucking day. Yes. Yes. And a lot of people, and, and you can, you can attest to this too, is because you smoked both. But what we try to tell people is that cigarettes actually only contain less than 5% tobacco. Everything else is crazy. just additives, right? That's and crazy. cigars are what you actually smoke. Now, cigars have two ingredients, technically. They have tobacco, which is what you actually smoke. It's 100% tobacco. Mm-hmm. But then they also use vegetable glue. And vegetable glue is just to hold the, the label together, right? But you don't actually smoke this. You take this off. So what you actually right. smoke is 100% tobacco. And to your point is... If, if, if somebody's a cigarette smoker and they need their fix, they don't right. give a shit what type of cigarette it is. You, oh, can I bum a smoke? And they don't, you could give them marble red, you can give them menthol lights, you can Virginia give them. Virginia Slims. It doesn't even fucking matter what it is. <laughs> if you have one, you give, they're going to be happy with it. But a cigar yeah. smoker, it's like, hey, you know, can I get a cigar? And they say, oh, I have a, a Swisher Sweet. You're like, nah, man. Like, what, what do you, what do you, right, you right. know, and it, it may not, it's more, there's more to it. You're not fiending. Yeah, not there's, fiending. yeah, there's so much more. There's thousands and thousands of chemicals in a cigarette. Yeah. And like, I, yeah. uh, you know, I always say what you were saying. When you smoke a cigarette, it's like, I gotta, you know, like, anxiety based. Like, I gotta get right. in. I gotta, I gotta suck this bad boy down and get back to what I'm doing. You know, right. pause. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and where a cigar, you're kind of just chilling, right. like, I'm chilling, man. You know, not caring the world. I'm just hanging out, trying to enjoy life. Yep. Like, there's no, there's yep. nothing can bother me right now. So do you? Yeah. So so you said that you you got into cigars, um, after quitting cigarette. You wanted to quit cigarettes, and and that was like your way to quit cigarettes, which is fantastic because we've done a an episode. I don't know if you'll take a look at it about um if cigars are healthy for you, and we've actually done multiple, you know, tons and tons of research on having you know. One cigar a day or having most the average smoker isn't like us where we're going to have one cigar a day. Right. But the average smoker might have, you know, one, two, three cigars a week. They said it basically does nil to your health. doesn't do anything. Right. Um, Whereas cigarettes are, you know, if you're a cigarette smoker, you're they called it your hazard ratio, which is like if your baseline is one, the ratio is like two and a half. If you smoke cigarettes, if you smoke cigars, it's like one point zero one. There's like nothing, nothing risky about it. So. Um, to go from cigarettes to cigars like you had, do you remember the first cigar that you had? Like, do you remember who gave it to you or did you just, you know, pick one up and was it immediately quit cigarettes right into cigars or how was that transition? It it pretty much was. And my first cigar, it was probably a Fuente. And I want to, no, I want to. I, I think it was probably just like that the the normal line like the Rothschild. Yeah, yeah. Sure. I think it was probably one of those, um, or it might have been one of the Hemingway lines. But I'm pretty sure it was a Fuente. That's pretty funny because um, we we had uh, Ruben Stutter on the podcast, obviously, mm-hmm. uh, huge time singer, American Idol. But when he won American Idol that night, he had his first cigar ever, and it was Arturo Fuente. I couldn't remember if it was a, Fl- a Hemingway or a, or a. Um, I think it was Hemingway. I think it was a Hemingway, yeah. and he didn't actually like it. He was like, "Oh, it's disgusting." And his boy right. was like, "Nah, bro. Like, this is top of the line cigars. You're gonna smoke it again tomorrow, and you're gonna try it." So it's pretty, pretty funny coincidence, you know. Your yeah, first yeah, cigar, yeah. you're a singer in a band. 
you know, Arturo Fuentes. Yeah, and go and go into this the cigarette thing. I mean, you know, there's plenty of singers that smoke and you know, cigarettes, whatever. But um, you know, it's tough singing and running around and you're you know, especially with cigarettes, you know, affects your lungs so much. Where like you know, cigars, um, not to that same level at all. You right. Know what I mean? Right. Because so, you don't inhale cigars. You just puff exactly. on cigars. So do you? So you said you brought a couple cigars out that were some of your yes your favorites. So let's get into those. So once yep. so your first so one my, was an Arturo Fuente. So now what's in your little? I see you have a tup a tupador. This is my little. I have a uh, Adu inside. Is kind of like it's a smaller one. That's kind of what I use. But I, I do have this guy that I you know bring with me around if I'm you know going to going somewhere if I'm traveling. You know I have a little Tupperware. It's just got some Bovita packs in it, mm -hmm. and I usually keep like a little bit of cedar. It's oh, great. Cedar. It's perfect. Those, we, those we've done a video on that, on like what do you do if you don't have a humidor? Yeah. Tupperware. It, it is, works really well. It, it if really anything, well. it might even work better <laughs> because there's a gasket seal around it. So some of the some of the awesome stuff I have, um, I had this one, Year of the Tiger, Davidoff. Yes. yes. Super good. Very pricey. But it, it is it is pretty damn good. Um, but here's a Fuente Eye of the Shark. Yes, that was uh, wasn't that Cigar of the Year? Um, yes, a couple years eighteen, ago. I think. Eighteen, yes. Damn good. Um, on the Cuban side, I have some Limitadas. I have this uh, Monte Cristo 2019 Woo! edition Limitada. Very you nice. guys can see that. Yeah, so he's got some. You got some good stuff in that Tupperdor, man. And that's the travel <laughs> one. Okay. Yeah. yeah okay. So, well, I I brought. I made sure I put these in here. These are usually in my humidor, but I put them in here because I knew okay. I wanted to show you guys. I was going to say, I see you, big boy, bringing out the big guns on the travel case. Right? Big, big this, energy this is, on the road. This is just my travel case. You know? I mean, I got the. <laughs> no, usually, <laughs> usually what's in here, and I'll show you guys my daily. What I usually have for my daily smokes, but. Um, uh, I'm super big fan of uh, Nick Malillo, uh Charter Oak line. So I, yep. Yep. that's pretty much my daily smoke. This is a Cohiba 2014 um, Robusto Supremos. Yep. Big daddy cigar. It's hard to find these anymore. Um, and then this is a 2018 uh, Limitada uh, H. Upman. Nice. Nice. So those are my, so those are my like um, high quality, like uh, Cuban. And then this one, this one's awesome. So Fuente Breva. Like, <laughs> and you both are like, yeah, why I can't, is I can't, that? I, no, I, can't I couldn't see because of the cellophane. You it. So you know what a Fuente Breva is? Yeah, like no, I couldn't little... see it because of the cellophane. I still don't so, know what that is. It's That's just crazy. their little, it's their little, you know, normal line that yeah. it's, it's very, very cheap. And the reason why this cigar is so uh, important to me is my mother actually gave this to me um, during my um, – son's baby shower before he was born so i kept this with me Absolutely. and then maybe one day when he wants to have a cigar with me i can give him this and be like, there this you is, go uh, gave him, so that's, that's why it's so it's not an expensive cigar it's a really cheap cigar but it's really important See, and that's why cigars are fucking cool man because you know like you it. said they're like little personal relics your mom yes. gave you that for your yeah. for your son's your son's baby shower right and she hate and she hates Cigars, tobacco, she, but she did it because for me, you know what I mean. Yeah, she yeah, was of like, and imagine the day when your son is ready to smoke a cigar. You whip out the cigar when he was right. born. You can't do that cigarette. Your mom gives you a pack of Virginia Slims. You ain't doing no. that. Come on, son. No. I don't know. Yeah. They I won't keep. They won't keep that no. long. And that's a, yeah. That's a, another good point. Is you can't keep cigarettes. You can't. Like I had a cigar in my humidor that I held for three, four years. I remember buying. It was a. It was a. Um, it was a Fuente Fuente Opus X. It was a 2014 BBMF. Mm. 
I don't know if you've heard. It's the really funky one. I've, I've had the I've had the Opus X. I don't know what's the the BBMF. So the, the BBMF. Oh, it's, it's I don't know if you've up. seen it, but it stands for Big Bad Motherfucker. Is what it stands for, and it's a very unique shape. It's got a um, the head come the head up. is kind of it's it's tapered on both sides. It's fatter towards the foot, and then it comes down to a, a, a taper on the foot. And it's got a little spot where you light, and the head it's it's tapered towards the head, and then it's unfinished. He'll pull it up for you. Very, very, like, it's one of um, Opus X. It's one of the Fuentes, the top, top of their wow. cigars. Oh, um, looks like that. Looks like that. Sure, uh, is it just, it's short? No, no, it's, no. no. It's so a, he, no, it's, it's long. Okay. It's like a Toro almost. Well, that's the top. What, okay. is, the, what is the, do you have the yeah. whole thing? No, that's just the top because that's how you need okay, it. Okay, so, uh, um, it's like this. Yeah. oh, here you go. He's got it right here. I've had a, I've had an Opus X and I've had. Um, that's what it looks like. Wow. Yeah. And I had saved it for, like you had mentioned, where you got that one. You're going to save it for when he gets older and he wants to have a cigar here. Try this one. Yep. I, I got that cigar and I saved it and I smoked it on my wedding day. And he was, and it was, it was, I mean, it's a $200 cigar here yeah. in New York because we have, you know, 75% going to 80 something percent tax. Jeez, um, 95. Yeah, it's almost, ridiculous. Oh, they're proposing 95 tax in New York. So I had that and I Some saved nights. it. And it's like now, next time I smoke that cigar, I'm going to be like, the last time I had the cigar was on my wedding day. And it's, it's, that's cool. You don't, you, you can't say that about cigarettes or anything else. Like, oh yeah, the last time I got high was on my wedding. Like, it doesn't have the same, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It doesn't have the same, yeah. doesn't, there's no effect to it. Yeah. And it was, it was yeah. such a, important cigar for justin he was smoking it and i was like bro i don't usually don't do this but let me get a couple puffs of that bad boy let me let me try that thing too for you it was good it man. was crazy it was good took a little bit to get going because the foot was kind of like tapered so you had to wait for it to open up yeah but you want to talk about a cigar that was chewy that almost tasted like smoked meat that one that cigar almost tasted like smoked meat it was unbelievable that was the first thing i picked up i was like it was great we were by we had he had this huge bonfire like these giant logs and I felt like I was smoking one of the logs, like with cooked meat on it. And I was like, bro, yeah, this is like good. a. I wonder if that's from from the D- Dominican tobacco. I wonder if that's a thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't know, know too much about the different. Well, Fuentes. You know, I know. I know with Nicaraguan, you get that more spicy stuff, but with the Dominican, I don't know if that's a thing from from the yeah, Dominican tobacco. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good question because you know Fuentes are uh, important in the cigar community or popular because they were the first all Dominican puro cigar. Mm-hmm. So that's why Opus X's are so popular. Right. But, um, but yeah, it's, I'm not sure if the aging process is different or how they did it differently. But yeah, it's definitely I don't know. Dominican but Republic. it was fucking delicious. And I don't know why I always use Virginia Slims as <laughs> reference of cigars. I always thought it was. Just, I just thought maybe they were funny looking in high school, like because they were so skinny and people just look kind of funny. You know, I don't know. Yeah. I doubt you smoked Virginia Slims, but I always no, like, I didn't know. It was just always like a funny reference, and people who smoke yeah. cigar, uh, cigarettes always get that reference and kind of laugh. So that's funny. And that's usually my go-to why I say Virginia Slims. Virginia Slims, yeah, because. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they're, like little, they're like little, like really, like they look like twigs. No, I know. I used like to, the Capris. Remember the the Capri cigarettes? Oh yeah. God, or the Al, yeah. remember the Al Capones? Oh remember those? God. Oh yeah, Al Capones. I used yeah. to smoke. I, it's funny because when I was in college and you're like, you know, you're drunk at a party and you're like, hey, I want to smoke. I didn't smoke cigarettes, right? Because I, I I never smoked cigarettes. I I always good for you. Smoked cigars, but um, this was before I got into premium cigars right towards the latter part of my college career i got into premium cigars and i was that you know douchebag sitting on his balcony watching all the drunk kids smoking a cigar you were that the, guy and all the kids looking up like who does this fucking guy think he is right he's smoking a that cigar and he's not me. drinking with us like drunk right. and be like who's this fucking uppity motherfucker <laughs> yeah who's this cigar pretentious bastard smoking a cigar right <laughs> but uh, i remember like when you're out and about and you know you're smoking the al capones and i would smoke them like cigarettes yeah like you wouldn't inhale them you were or- just because i remember i think that the al capones were 
It was basically tobacco with a filter on it. Did you, did you ever hear of cloves? You ever see, remember, remember? Oh yeah, of course. I would. Smoke. I never liked them. Yeah, I never liked them. Those, yeah. those are one of the things I smoked in high school, like or in college. Like. It was like cigarellos. It was a filtered yeah. cigarello, is what it was. That's so it didn't it have all the crap, but it was like, but it wasn't really a cigar. It's like it's the pencil shaving tobacco. Like it's yeah. not really. Do you smoke cigars? Like do you have like a like cigar smoking buddies, or do you like get with a couple of guys who you always smoke cigar with cigars with? There's not – I really don't have many people there. There is a cigar meetup I sometimes go to um, with some guys, but that's like once a month. And then um, <clears throat> at the, at my cigar lounge over here, uh, which is called Lone Wolf Cigar. Okay. Cigar Lounge. Awesome spot. I'm going to write that Great down because we're going to try to get the – Lone uh, Wolf Cigar Lounge. Shout out to Lone Wolf. Um, shout out to Lone Wolf. I'm going to write them down. I'm going to try to get the blueprints in there so you can buy them. They're right over here. I don't know. I guess technically they're Santa Monica – Lone Wolf you make sure. Cigar Lounge. Lone Wolf. Um, but they're right over here. Great spot. Shout out to uh, David, who manages everything. He's always been super nice. Um, and, you know, they have an amazing selection. And that's where, you know, I'll go and pick up a lot of my a lot of my more, more premium sticks. Um, and then I will order cigars from JR Cigars. Got I, it. I've done that. I have done that a couple times. And I... Um, They've been great and their service is good. And, you know, they're usually throwing at me, you know, 30% off and all kinds of stuff quite a bit. So you can't you know, beat like yeah. online retailers because, like, you know, you're in California. I was just looking up on my phone. California tobacco tax 62%. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's not taken lightly. So, like, when you order JR no. cigars and I think they're in Pennsylvania, there's 0% tax. Yep. Tobacco tax. You know, it's hard not to buy cigars from there when you can, you know, save a bunch of money by getting yeah. some cigars. Yeah. You like. I mean, my, when, you know, my, uh, I like the Charter Oak line, like I was saying, from from Nick Malillo and um, and fo- Foundation Cigars. I mean, even this my kind of like go to cigar lately is their um, the Habano Torpedo that they put out. Not, yes, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And they they're only doing boxes of this one in fifty, so it's a fifty count box. Ooh. And, you know, by the time I use my, you know, promo code I get from JR and I, you know, get the 50 count box, I mean, the cigars end up being, you know, four something to stick. Whereas, you know, if you go to a cigar, uh, if you go try to pick them up at a cigar lounge or anything, you know, it's like 11 bucks yeah. so you're, and you're basically you getting them half that. off if you go through the, you know. How can you, how can you compete with that? You, you know, can't beat that. That's why, you know, it sucks. There's these large tobacco taxes for cigars because it really hurts, like hurts the mom and pop shops. You know, we always reference yeah. him. We had uh, this guy, Joshua Herbersky, who was the uh, head of relations for the PCA, for uh, the Premium Cigar Association. We had him on maybe a couple of years ago. And there's just one fact that always stuck out with us that the total amount of cigar sales within tobacco in itself is point, what, point half a percent? Yeah, if you if you look at if you look at all of the I always tobacco, back it up. I always rely on Justin <laughs> to remember because he's a numbers guy. If you look at all the tobacco that's sold in America, um, Premium cigars, so what we smoke and love, what right. we get from, only accounts for less than half a percent of all tobacco sold in America. In America, how wild, right? Crazy. So then you think, well, you know, so why does why does the FDA and all these big government agencies want to go after cigars and try to tax cigars? Like the like, for instance, we we did a when we did an episode about the cigar tax. They're trying to push cigar tax in, you know, in New York and in California is 65%. New York, 75. They're going to go to 85 and all these other places. They're trying to really tax cigars. Meanwhile, the weed tax is 13%. Yeah, crazy. And I go, yeah. so 
cigars only account for half a percent, less than half percent of all tobacco in America, and you want to tax it at such a high number. Meanwhile, yeah. cigarettes account for 99.5, and you don't want to tax it as much. I go, if you really want to make money off a of tax, raise their tax by 3% and leave us alone. You'll make 10 times more money off of the tax then. But- Here's what it is. Have I you digress. ever seen that? This is this is kind of a bad meme, but have you ever seen that meme where it's like, you know, before this kind of like war, obviously cigarettes and stuff, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff, but there's, you know, the war on tobacco and the obesity rate. Mm-hmm. Have you ever seen that meme where it's like the war on tobacco and then the obesity rate just like skyrockets? <laughs> have you ever seen that? It's pretty, it's, you know, obviously. We talk about that a lot. It's, it's a like, bad joke, yeah. but it's like. No, know, no, it's. I mean, true, you know. It's, like, it yeah, is crazy. a joke because it's like, you know, there's they, they care so much about obesity and tobacco, but they care more about tobacco statistically than really obesity. Yeah, and then you go to any, yeah. look at what every, look at every ad that's on TV is some sort of fast food chain, right? Yeah. They talk about this obesity and they want to care about, you know, like they, they care about, quote unquote, care about obesity. And it's like, meanwhile, I can go and get a Big Mac, large fries, and a yeah. large Coke for $7 from- I wish it was $7. And, and, and get it instantly like that. And it's all over every, you know, every corner you see a fast food station. I go, why don't you tax the shit out of that? Mm-hmm. Guarantee, yeah. make that $20 and make making it yourself they did at one $3. Point, they, and, I don't know if it was in California too, but I remember in New York, they were doing a soda tax. They were trying to tax like sugary drinks. Oh, Bloomberg yeah. was trying to do that, right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. you want you want to get me going? We'll talk about sugar. How sugar is no, the, no, no. the most addictive drug on the planet. You know, Definitely, gotta, I think I think you know uh, this this country was founded on sugar, caffeine, you know the the coffee bean and tobacco. Yeah, and really, Harvard. Sugar is sugar sugar is probably the most harmful out of the three. Yeah, In my opinion, sure. I think sugar is probably the most addictive and the most harmful out of the three. Easily. Yep. Um, Easily. But you don't see them. Especially you know. the processed stuff. If yeah. You get it, if you get it from like the natural – like in, in fruit, in honey. Right. In, right. You know. But yeah, the process is just, you know. Yeah. Crap. So, so. I, sh- I, I should I should, re- I should re- uh, I should edit my statement. The processed sugar, I think it's um, glucose as opposed to sucrose. Mm-hmm. Sucrose is I think the one – now don't quote me. I'm not a – you know. Don't get canceled. I'm not a, a, a dietitian or it's anything the fake, like that. It's the fake sugar. But it's yes, the fake sugar. sugar right. right. You get yeah. honey. You get fruits. You get all the sugar. That's natural sugar. You got to say the right shit. Right. I know. You got to say the right shit. I might get fucking canceled here, okay? Yeah, but, say uh, the right shit. Uh, <laughs> watch right, out. Okay. Watch out. No, this canceling. See, the canceling stuff has to stop. It's got to. Oh, especially, it, it has to end because even in the music industry, it's Crazy, like. Crazy, bro. There's so many musicians that are all on board with like this cancel culture and it's just like the bastion of free speech you know in what i kind of consider i felt like musicians were always supposed to be on the side of like you know free speech um you know and say whatever you, and you know fuck the man and all that kind of stuff but they seem to be very wimpish these days you know right. what the yeah. going on, bro. yeah like what like what i don't know what's going on and but. i don't understand like whatever happened to sticks and stones can break my bones but words can never hurt me remember that old adage i used no, to tell you in, in elementary school what happened like it's just it, it just words. If somebody wants to scream and yell at me and call me a fucking, you know, this, that, and the next thing, okay. Like, bro, in one ear and you out the George, other. Like, it doesn't matter. George Carlin, George Carlin, in one of his, I think it was one of his stand-ups, he talked about how political correctness is, is fascism pretending to be manners. Mm. And if you look up who came up with the term political correctness and all this stuff, it was Mao. 
And that motherfucker murdered a lot of people. That motherfucker mm. murdered a <laughs> hell of a lot of people. Know, mm. A lot of, of, his, of his own people. Bro, of his it, own people. And it's and so he came up with that term, political correctness. And so everyone should be very mindful when we're that is yeah, all that's okay. You know what I mean? That's, and it, that's what's a, his name? Said, uh, somebody else, another comedian said something about, uh, he goes, it's not a crime to be offended. He goes, just because you're offended doesn't like doesn't mean anything. I don't care. Be offended. Like 100%. There's nothing wrong with being offended. Like I don't care if I say something that offends you. Like people been offended okay. the whole this since human existence. Why is it so important now? Like and some and somebody else had said something to me too. They go, if if somebody says something to you and you're offended by it, that's your own problem. That's your own. The only reason that you get offended by that is because it's probably true and you take it you t- you take it as truth. Yeah. Like if somebody called me, um. They said, oh, you're, uh, I don't know, you're racist or you're, oh, I'm German. So if they said you're a Nazi, right? They go, oh, you're a fucking, you're a fucking Nazi. Nazi, bro. I'm not offended by it because I know I'm not a Nazi. I know I'm not right. racist. So it doesn't offend me, bro. Yeah. But if somebody called me a Nazi and I'm like, you can't call me that, probably because I'm a Nazi. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, <laughs> yeah. it doesn't, it, it, it doesn't in affect order, in you. Order to, in order to think you have to risk being offensive because if yes. I don't know you and I'm having a conversation yes. with you, I'm going to come you know, come at you with different things that I think that might offend you, but how, you know, we're not even going to be able to have a conversation. Yes. You know, and communicate if we, you know, if we say something that oh, and, you know, and who said that? Jordan. Me. Jordan Peterson said that. I believe. Love that guy, man. He love said that during that's interview. Exactly right. You know what? Exactly yeah. Right. Somebody, some lady was interviewing him, and I she was that. saying that, and he said, "Well, look at re- look at right now. You're certainly risking offending me yep. by asking me all these He's questions." Awesome, man. He's the man. And she and she like he, shut down. She had nothing to say about that. And he goes, Yeah, like you have to risk offending somebody to have any sort of critical thought or rational thought. Mm-hmm. It's 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 just words. Like and it's and like I said, if somebody says something to me or somebody says something to you, it's it's up to you whether or not you let it penetrate your skin, whether or not you let it bother you. It's on you. Mm-hmm. It's everyone, <laughs> you know, everyone it seems today where we live in, it gets glorified to to be negative, to be a victim, like if anyone stands out against the grain or has their own different opinion, it's like, oh, you know, don't listen to that guy because he doesn't go, he doesn't believe in what we believe in. And uh, speaking of Jordan Peterson, like in Canada right now, his license, I think he's a, you know, he's a doctor of a couple of different things, but Psych- psychologist, right? yeah, psychologist. Yeah, 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 yeah. And his license is like at jeopardy now because the Canadians like think he's like so. Uh, you know, like he's some kind of dictator with the way he thinks and the stuff that he puts out. And he has to like go. He's, I was listening to him on Joe Rogan the other day, and he has to like go supposedly go through these classes to listen to how not to offend people, not not verbatim, but like offend people and express yeah. his own opinions. And I'm like, really? It doesn't make any and sense. He speak like he most of the time. I'm like, bro, this guy is speaking factual, like not my own personal beliefs. Like it just it just seems logical. Like A and B, one person, one two person, two. It's a conversation. Yeah. They make yeah. they make sense to have this kind of logical conversation. Yep. Yeah. And you know, like you you talk to people and you give them your opinion, and then they have nothing to say or nothing to rebuttal, and it's like, well, you're wrong. I don't believe it. I don't have to talk to you. I'm you're you're just an idiot. You're racist. You're this. You're that. Yeah. Like I don't want to. Talk yeah. To that's you. the that's the worst thing is that when when you have a different opinion from somebody else, and just right. because they don't feel the same way, they instantly think that you are like a bad person. It's like no, it's you just we're different people. Even like we're not the same person. Mm-hmm. We it's okay to have different beliefs. Like that's what's great about this country is that you can have 
different opinions and different beliefs. And just because one person has one belief and one person has another, now granted, make not like I have a belief that I'm going to kill people. Like you can't, obviously that's, that's a bad belief, but you get what I'm saying where you can have different beliefs. It doesn't make either we can person argue. Yeah. It doesn't make either person yeah. bad, right? Like you may believe one thing. I may believe that. as long as you treat everybody with respect and treat them, you know, as a, a good person. Yeah, because I was watching. Doesn't make. I was watching. Uh, I was watching something with you. You were on in an interview with somebody, and yep. you were kind of saying, you know, you have your own personal values and thoughts, um, but like you're like, you know, total. What is it? Total Total. I can never say that fucking word. Total- Totalitarianism. Yeah, that yep. fucking sh- whatever yep. that word is. It's like that's bad. Like regardless, that's a bad thing. Like you should be able to have your own right. thoughts. Don't push it on all the, on other people. But, like, right. just be yourself and be your own person. You shouldn't be forcing things down people's throats. Yeah. Well, I feel – because I feel like um, – I feel like, you know, in school, you know, we're taught the horrors of, of you know, fascism and, and Nazism, and that's good. You know, we need to learn that how, you know, horrible all that stuff was. But we're not really taught the other side of communism and stuff. And I think Peterson has brought this up a couple times that – even in, you know, colleges in, the, in this country, you know, it's totally okay to walk around with a hammer and sickle or Che Guevara on your shirt. And these are mass murdering ideologies. You know, the, the, the hammer and sickle is just as, is as, you know, both the swastika and the hammer and sickle should both be, you know, those ideologies need to be um, driven out of public discourse. But we seem to have an issue here where it's totally okay to, you know, be like, I'm a communist. You know, like people say that shit. It's like, bro, that's a mass murdering yeah. ideology that yeah. murdered millions and millions and millions of people. So I don't know. I feel I feel like um, it's not really taught. It needs to be taught. And maybe it had – I was born in 89. So that's when the Soviet Union fell. Mm-hmm. And we're kind of like probably then it was like, oh, it's over. You know, we don't have to worry about communism anymore. But – now we got balloons flying around from communist <laughs> China, and it's like, <laughs> like uh, what? Here we are again. Yeah. So well, it's the same. Know. It's the same thing. Like with 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 socialism is you know you go to any a lot of people that you know I've talked to about socialism. They say, oh, well, you know, I, I I'm an advocate of socialism, and then yeah. I would ask, and I would ask myself, okay, mm-hmm. well, like, so let me get this straight. So if I if you you know you want to go to work, right? Let's say you make I don't know, call it. Let's say you make a hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. So you're telling me that the person that makes hundred thousand dollars a year and the person that makes zero a year, the person that makes a hundred should split it with the person that makes zero, mm-hmm. regardless of how much work they did. And I said, Well, no, that's not fair. So well that's social that's what socialism is. Like everyone yeah. gets And then piece. I said and I said I said, Okay, so do you like do you trust our government? Do you do you think that the government should have more control over what we do in our everyday lives? And they go, No, that's a bad thing. I said, Well, that's what socialism is. So, so you're an advocate. You say you're an advocate of socialism, confused. but then you're against big government. You say you're an advocate of socialism, but then you're against, you know, working for what you have mm-hmm. and not get. And then if somebody that doesn't work gets gets half of what, it doesn't make sense. I go, you're you're conflicting ideologies. So, so I don't really think that you know what socialism is. I think you're just trying to jump onto a bandwagon because you think that this is the trendy thing to do. And I don't want to get canceled, right? It. So it doesn't make sense in my in my eyes, right? People, people, you know, especially younger people, they throw around the word equality a mm-hmm. lot. Equality, and we need to, you know, even the even an even more dangerous word has been shown up, or dangerous phrase has been shown up. Equality of outcome, equality, and it, they use the term equity. Um, a lot of these, you know, 
professors, you know, equity. They, anyway, it would, to make everyone, it's good that we're not, some people are going to work harder than others. Some people are going to be better at something than others. You know, it's, I'm sorry we live in the real world where, mm-hmm. you know, we're not all equal. We don't all have, you know, and I think it was, uh, it was, I, I forget, one of the founding fathers said, if everyone is equal, then you're not free. And if you are free, then we're not going to be equal. Right. right. Because right. if everyone's free to do as they want, some people are going to sit on the couch all day and smoke pot. And like some people are going to just, you know, especially here in L.A., some people, you know, we have a we we spend a lot of money on, you know, homeless people and stuff like that. And I feel for those people and I feel bad for the, the you know, what the city has kind of been turning into lately. But a lot, some people just want to get drunk all day or, right. or shoot, shoot right. heroin or whatever that, you know what it's, I mean? Like and that, some people are going to work harder than others. Some people are going to be better at stuff than others. It's an interesting, an interesting, you know, <laughs> points that we're talking about because, you know, you obviously have strong values and beliefs and, you know, you're out in LA, you're in the entertainment world, the music world <laughs> where, you know, it's kind of one-sided from a lot of the things that we understand and see. So it's like interesting to hear someone. Have, Wasn't always that way. Yeah, no, I know. My, so my question is, is like, how did you, how did you get into that mindset or kind of like, kind of go against the grain or develop your own way of thinking? Well, he's a Texan, that's why. Well, I, that was, that was, that was <laughs> we, pr- presidents have been murdered where I'm from. You know what I mean? So we have a very big distrust of the government. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Not that the government did that. I'm not, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying there's a lot of questions that still are to be answered. No doubt. That we haven't had answered, you know? Um, But, you know, not, not just that. Um, A book I would recommend is um, this guy, Andrew Breitbart wrote a book called Righteous Indignation. It's a really good book. And if you just read chapter six, he kind of lays out a lot of, um, you know, a lot of the, uh, what is, he grew up here and he kind of lays out a lot of, you know, what kind of happened to Hollywood. He started Breitbart News, if you guys follow Breitbart News. No. Um, no. no. What's the book? What's he the book called? Uh, righteous Indignation. Righteous Indignation. Yeah. So, but yeah, I was kind of, I was raised around, you know, very, I would say even more so like libertarian kind of stuff, but just, a good, healthy distrust of the government, no matter who's in charge. And, you know, I also, you know, I love, I'm a big patriot too. I love, I think the United States. Hence the you American know, flag in the background. It's the American flag. Yeah, that's it. Um, so, yeah. That's I mean, you wild. can't see it, but we, we got an American flag over. Actually, you could probably see it this way if we go. There you go. We, <laughs> we, got, yeah. we got the American flag in the back of the. Uh, yeah. Um, Be- best country in the world. And, you know, I've, especially, you know, nowadays, Everyone just kind of want to, wants to like critique and nitpick and say how horrible we, horrible we are and you know we're terrible and so where I was like the uh, like the like the cutoff like you know you said you you were had one set of think one one set of mind of thinking or following you know where it was like the breaking point where you're like nah I think I'm kind of gonna go this way or think more like this like what was that like I just just kind of got I I don't feel like I've changed all that much. Because I because I have always had that free speech. I've always believed in that. And I feel like a lot of the culture has changed on me because they're all saying, no, we're not we're not into that anymore. I'm like, what what's happened? You know, Mm. I don't feel like I've changed. I've always believed those things. I've always found, you know, 
those are those are very very important things yeah because punk rock's like you know punk That's rock what it and is. stuff yeah. like that it's like a you know fuck the man like you know going against this, like what is it system of a down right all those guys Look at like, rage, 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 against rage against the machine against, <laughs> rage against the machine is now you know that song like yeah fuck you i won't do what you tell me it's now like please tell me what to do That's i'll do crazy. yes you want me. yes and so, I, so i think i think it's it's yeah it's a good point you said that you know you haven't you've had this these beliefs and i applaud you that you haven't changed with the changing world because shit is in the last five six seven years it's changed quite a bit to go to go you know to one side and if you're not on that one side you're fuck you we're gonna cancel (laughs) you we're gonna silence you and this that and the next so i applaud you to say no this is who i am i'm not gonna because we actually talked about is you got these people that they say that these are my values but then the values change with with the seasons. Well, like you, depending on what the latest trend you is, see it all the time. I'm gonna hop on that trend. Absolutely. Say, well, is it really a value then? Is it a core value that, like for instance, you know, being being a Christian, right? Like we're both Christians. Yeah. If being a Christian is a core value that I'm a Christian, this is what I believe until the day I die. Yeah. That is not gonna change regardless of what my outside environment is changing. This is a core belief that yeah. I believe in. And that's not going to change. But I feel like some people say they have these core values, but then whatever the latest you know celebrity says, oh, I believe in this. Oh, I'm going to believe that too because this person said it. It's like, well, is it really a core value then if it constantly changes? Yeah. Yes. It's, it's men, men standing for something. And what's happened now, men and, men and women standing yes. for something. And what's happened now is, is if you have a personal belief, that means you're excluding other people's personal beliefs because you're not open to yourself having new beliefs therefore you're you're being you know you're you know you're you're not being very open Mm -hmm. and so even standing for anything such as your faith or you know i'm a christian too but i'll have discussions with everybody but if you stand for nothing you don't if you you know just you're just a squishy little blob that's (laughs) if you don't stand for anything right you know i don't know but but that's but a lot of people right now that kind of seems what, especially in Hollywood, they push for is like you should be open and you should try anything and you shouldn't stand for anything because then you're excluding other ideas. And it's like, I don't and, know. And what people, I feel like what it's people weird. don't understand is that just because, like, perfect instance with, with, with the religion, right? Just because we're Christian and we believe in Christianity doesn't mean that. If somebody wants to believe in, you know, if somebody's Jewish or Muslim, what doesn't mean that we say you can't believe in that. Yeah. And that's what yeah. I don't think. They think that you you have to be open and you have to believe what they I don't have to believe what you you can believe whatever you want. Right. But this is what I believe. And mm-hmm. just because I believe this doesn't mean that I'm not open to the fact that you can believe whatever and you it, want. And it I felt like at least the way I grew up, it always used to be like that. Like my best friends right. growing up were Muslim. Puerto Rican and fucking yeah. black. My best man at my wedding is Jewish. My three best friends, all different religions, backgrounds, and I never thought anything different. I just thought, yeah. these are my friends. They would yeah. they would come in my family. We'd go away on vacations, and that was it. Like It was never like, oh, he's Muslim, he's black, he's this, he's that. It's like, I felt like ever since I became a real like adult, since I started adulting, <laughs> life has gotten so much more complicated. I'm like, you start questioning everything. You're like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah, can we on? just go back to being kids? Can we just be kids for the rest of the That's why you, you got to <laughs> smoke cigars, man, because sometimes your shit gets too stressful and you're like, bro, I just need a fucking cigar. And that's a great thing is, is that that whole 
uh, where you're talking about where you have to be open, right? And you, you, if you believe this thing and you're not open to that thing, that that whole ideology doesn't exist in the cigar world. You go to a cigar lounge, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you believe in, how tall you are, how skinny you are, how fat. It does not matter. In a cigar lounge, you all sit down and you all have a good conversation. And that's the beauty, beautiful thing about cigars. You can't really get that in many other communities. No, you won't get that at all. You won't get, I mean, some, you know, not all bars, but especially, that's what I mean when I say like, you know, cigars, you know, obviously a good, a good drink is great to have with a cigar, but um, we're not getting loaded, you know, when we have a cigar, we're having, we're able to have, you know, discussions. Mm-hmm. When alcohol's involved, it might get a little more heated. But, yeah, you know. a little bit. Yeah, you can say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, that's for damn yeah. sure. You know, but usually, but with just cigars, I feel like it's very therapeutic and yes. people are able to, Sit down in a room and have and have meaningful discussions and and gotcha. and talk about dangerous ideas. Yeah. Yes. All right. So we're gonna lighten up the situ- the the question okay. here. I got I found something on the internet, right? Oh yeah. boy. And it's, oh and it, boy. You know, it's gonna be funny. But <laughs> I don't know if you ever googled your name and you're on Urban yeah. uh, Urban Dictionary. Have you ever seen your name on Ur- Urban Dictionary? No. Do you know what Urban Dictionary mm-hmm. is? Yeah. Okay. Oh, this is great, Bro. dude. Prep yourself for something, this. I think this is like when you when everyone super horrible. Or something. No, no, no. This is this is it's this fucking is, awesome. This is great. I was like, I'm sorry. I don't care how raunchy this is. I gotta ask him. He told me about this before. I said, Oh my god, this is. So Urban Dictionary for the people who don't know. It's like whatever it's slang terms or you know it gives you a description of like what certain terms mean. But this isn't a term. This is Mason Musso and Urban Dictionary. You ready for this? This is yeah. your def. This is the definition of your name on Urban Dictionary. This is a one of three, but this is from. January 9th, 2010. Ready? Mason Musso. Sex God will will make you orgasm with one look. It is not possible to keep it in your pants when he's around. The only thing you can think about when he's around is his 125-inch penis and his rough sex hair. What the hell is that? That's funny. That's fucking That's amazing. I, I, I was Googling good. some shit last week, and I was like, Urban Diction. I was like... The fuck does this mean? Like, what? Is, where did this come from, dude? Like, how you wrote found- that was very kind. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, shit, man. Two hundred twenty-five inches. God bless, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how you found that. It's amazing how I get around. I don't know there you go. Around. Crazy. Mason, there was a, there Mason, was a few Mason's of them. like whoever wrote that. I mean, every everything they wrote about me is true. Yeah, this is <laughs> very kind. And this is by and it says by sec, uh, sexy secret admirer. But there was a few oh. of them, but this was like the best one. I was like, I don't care how he feels. I got to bring it up and ask him, you know. That's hilarious. So that's that's not your backup account, right? Thank you right? for that. That's, that's not your backup email, sexy secret right. admirer? Yeah, I wrote that. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like, a, like a, a burner Twitter account where you're beefing yourself right. up. But yeah, if you yeah. need a little boost of confidence, you know, just know. Someone, 128 someone inches. I got, a great, I got a great publicist. <laughs> 120, what is that, 12, 10 feet? Bro. That's, that's, like, yeah. that's like me and you put together. Yeah, Shit. God, that's that's hilarious. That is great. But um, I did want to ask you, going back to you know your touring days, the the metro station days. Mm-hmm. You have any good like uh like top three like stories or interactions or something crazy that happened? You're like, wow, this is like this is one of my favorite stories to ever tell people. Do people ever ask you that? Yeah, I've had I, um I've had a couple like that. I guess one of my favorite stories, um was I got to go to the island of Malta for like it was like an MTV thing and the island of Malta apparently like it was a I, I, where very, is that where's the island they of Malta? found it's it. right right above Africa I think right below Italy 
Um, and apparently it was like a place where like, you know, everyone from like the Knights Templars, like, you know, hid some stuff there, like Indiana Jones style. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. been like a very contested kind of and like apparently St. Peter landed there at some point. Uh, wow. All kinds of, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. Um, we played an MTV thing for like 80,000 people. And it was like such an amazing experience. But the craziest the, what I what I thought was crazy, because I was only like, you know, 19 at the time. So I couldn't legally drink but, uh, until I got to, you know, Europe, obviously. So then I was like having a field day. But when we got to the island of Malta, the drinking age was 16. So we were like, what the? It was like a prom gone or a homecoming dance gone horribly wrong. It was the craziest thing you've ever seen because they allow people to drink so young at that age. And so, you know, I was like 19. I was like, this is like, you know, like uh, um, what's the what's this thing from Pinocchio where they all go to like. You know, they all go to the place where all the kids can like smoke cigars and drink. Oh my! Is it like uh, it's like you know like about? Rumspringer? <laughs> so it was crazy. Anyway, I always remember that because it was like we played this huge, massive show and it was badass. And then we go out in the town and it's just like sixteen-year-olds, like you know, dr- everyone's just drinking. It was, I just thought it was such a crazy, That's wild. That's the youngest drinking age spot. I've ever heard. Yeah, wow. I, it's really young, right? Yeah, that's like so. how it is in um in in Germany. In Germany, the yeah, it's pretty young, right? Yeah, so te- technically, the drinking age. And this is what I love about Germany is that the drinking age is is eighteen, or I don't know if it's changed at this time, but it's eighteen. However, there's an asterisk behind it because if you go out like with with your parents and you're at a dinner and you're fourteen or fifteen. You can order a, a a drink, and the servers will go to your parents and kind of give them a look, and the parents will give them a nod and say, "Okay, yeah." You can. So if you're with adults, you can really drink at like whatever age. They'll give it to the parent, and then the parent can give it to the kid, and then it, it's totally fine. So like yeah. you got kids that, but that's how they kind of introduce them into alcohol. But yeah, I can't imagine. That's probably you can- a, it's probably a good thing because kind of going back to the beginning of our conversation. Um, you know, it's funny because going to the Garden of Eden, you know, if you tell someone, don't do this, don't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this, the first thing they're going to think about is they're going to, you know, especially a kid. Yeah. You know, especially a kid. So I think if you introduce it, I think over here in the States, you know, allowing people to drink at 21, um, you'd probably want to, you'd probably want to find ways of like lowering it gradually because, you know, you don't want to just be like, all 18 year olds can drink alcohol. Yes, now. yes, yes, <laughs> but, yes. But I think, you know, we kind of maybe we wait too long and then that's why there's such like a huge binge drinking culture where I think in, in parts of Europe, you know, um, you're introduced to it earlier and, and you know, kind of taught to respect alcohol. Right. Because you know? yeah. I feel like, you that know, I, I was always a, an advocate of how can somebody be 18 years old, go and fight for your country and kill the enemy yeah. for your country, but you can't drink a beer? Yeah. No, I agree. That's you know, what, that's either stupid. either either one comes down or the other one comes up. I I don't understand because yeah. granted, we're in a different era where I I personally I don't think that eighteen year olds now in this country are mature enough to that they should be allowed to drink alcohol. Yep. Yeah. Which yeah. but so on the same token, I don't think they're mature enough to go into the armed forces, right? Because yeah. like maybe thirty. 40 years ago, it was like expected to go you know, into the military. You know, at 18, you were really an adult. But have mm-hmm. you seen the kids nowadays? Like 18, you're not an adult. 
you know, at least no. the, you know what I see. So no, no, not if you believe in safe spaces. You probably don't want to go into the. <laughs> yeah. Not up in probably here. Not, probably ah. don't want to go to the military. Not up in here. Oh, I'm sorry. He called me. A, he called me a baby. I need my say. Where's where? Yeah. Could you imagine being in the military and you go to your you go to your 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 sergeant? You fucking say, little cunt. Um, you can't do yeah. shit. Where where's my safe space? Do I have a safe space now? Could you imagine I, saying that in the military? I'd be wor- I'd be. I, I don't know because I hear some some of the stuff going on in the military that isn't good. They're allowing some of this. No, garbage. you're right. Well, what's this, this thing that this now they want to college garbage? They want to take away sir, sir, and ma'am from like drill sergeants. God, I don't want to go. Like down you this can't path, say bro. sir this or ma'am anymore. So angry. I'm gonna get so angry. Are you fucking kidding me? No. It always goes back to. I always think I of this. Think about no, this. there's a movie, um, Coach Carter. This yes. all comes out of the colleges. This oh, yeah. is all coming out of like yeah. very intellectual yep. professors that read a lot, and then they come up with these. You know, they're and then and then you got like you know. You have to address kids in school as you know, cat boy and stuff. Yeah. And then it's Bro, like, that's, have you seen? Um, <laughs> uh, One of my friends, his kid had he they had they put a litter box in the in the kids' bathroom because one of the kids identified as a cat. Or something. Shut no. up! So, way. No, no way! This is all yeah. No. Oh my! And this is not way. being accepting and like nice. This is that's that's taken like, to a whole other level. Mental oh, illness. That's yes, hundred percent for sure. Well, that's like the what you were going to talk about with Sebastian Maniscalco. Yeah, Seba- I don't know if you've seen the lo- the latest uh, stand up from Sebastian Maniscalco, but he talks about how his kids in like elementary school now, and uh, one of uh, one of the students in his class is like I don't know if it's his daughter or I think it's it's his son's daughter. class. That's his son's class. Yeah. And one of the kids like identifies as like a lion, right? A lion. They call yeah. they call him Rory. Yeah, Rory. <laughs> great. That's a great name, but not for a lion. But a yeah. kid identifies as a lion, and he's talking about yeah, this kid is a fucking lion. This and that. We have to like accept this and that. And he's like, so we're at a pen- uh, parent teacher conference, and uh, he goes over to the guy, and he's like, wow, you hear this guy? There's a, there's a kid in this class that, that identifies as a lion. And he's like, yes, isn't that so great? Oh my god. And he's like. All right, I'm not fucking talking to you anymore. <laughs> yeah. he, goes, he goes, we got 24 kids in a class and one line. <laughs> Come on, yeah. bro. But it's like it goes back to there's um I was saying the it's... the movie the movie Coach Carter basketball movie right with um, Samuel L. Jackson, and yeah. in one of the scenes he goes to the guy and he says um, such and such. He goes, sir, you have to do such and such. He goes, oh, don't I'm not don't call me a sir. I'm not a sir. He goes, well, are you a madam? He goes, no, you're not. You are a sir. He wow. goes, everybody here is a sir. I'm a sir. You're all sir. And you'll be addressed as sir. He goes, you're not a madam, so I'm not going to address you as madam. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy's like, uh. <laughs> it's, it's just it, this whole. This is, um, the last thing I want to do is like try to nerf the world for him. Yeah. Right. right. And try to make and try to help him every little and pick him up. Because that won't – you're not going to learn anything. You're just going to be like – again, like a squishy blob that doesn't know how to do anything for yourself. Peterson has a really good thing about this where he says never interrupt a kid when he's skateboarding because they have to learn to fall down. Mm-hmm. And I think right now what culture has been kind of telling people is like, no, you need a safe space. You need – you know, uh, mommy's going to come help you with every single thing. And you know, that sounds good I guess as a kid. You're kind of – you know, that – you know that uh, the the fairy tale of like you know the the gingerbread house in the woods, you know Hansel and Gretel. Mm-hmm. But inside that mentality of like, oh, I'm gonna like do everything for you, is like terror, kind of bizarre. You know, it's, kind of bizarre. it's like American Psycho, bro. Yeah, where people turn out turn to American Psycho. Yeah, you know I, what I mean? Movie. Like where you keep your mom, your you know, hundred percent. That's what it is. Well, it's like um, there's a a guy, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. 
who very very intelligent astrophysicist and I, yeah I, I like Neil yeah yeah I'm, I geek out on him because I, I I love listening to that stuff and he had he had sure. talked he had talked about the same kind of scenario where he goes when you have a kid right and a kid's uh, playing playing in a, a puddle or he's playing in the mud or he's like playing with rocks or something yep. or he's doing and he says you know oh don't don't do that you're gonna get your like your clothes wet he goes as soon as you see a kid doing something and then you tell them no don't do that and you pull them away from it he goes. You're interrupting what he called it's a science experiment. He goes, you're interrupting an experiment that the kid is having mm. with the outs with his reality, yeah. and he needs to learn. Okay, if I play in this puddle, then I'm gonna get wet, and if I don't want to get wet, then I won't play in this puddle. But if you interrupt it before he has the chance to learn about whatever the scenario is, now granted, there's you know certain things right. If the kid's gonna jump off of a balcony, you can't just let them jump off the balcony, right? <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah. Nah, maybe <laughs> no. But there's certain things like you, you're if you interrupt and you try to prevent that experiment from happening, then the kid's never gonna learn. It's so you know, it's and, and he and he extrapolates so bizarre, it even further. He says, "What if that kid, like he's playing with rocks and he's you know he's in the dirt and he's picking up this, he's picking up that, and he oh don't do that, you're gonna get dirty, and you prevent him from doing that." He goes, "That kid could have turned into." Like a geologist, mm-hmm. or could have turned yeah. into a botanist, or that could have been like the the catalyst that made the kid a light bulb go off. Yeah, a light bulb want to learn about this, but because you prevented it before it could happen, now the kid's never gonna. It's want so bizarre. Be interested man. in that. I don't have and, any kids yet. You have, you got a kid? You just said yeah, but like, it, it's so bizarre how people think like it's logical, like it's okay. Like I know people our age. All didn't grow up like that. Like my parents, like go out, get dirty, go get hurt. You'll figure it out. This and that. Yeah. yeah. So it's like when I hear people like coddling their kids like this. Yeah, you want to protect your kids, but like you got to let them live and like learn a little bit. You know, it's bizarre. Yeah, get dirty, get hurt. Like it's 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 okay. That's how you learn, right? There's another there's another funny meme of like jungle gyms in the fifties, and they're like crazy, like yeah. giant metal structure. You know, where you could you know really get yourself hurt, and like slowly but surely over time, we've kind of like you know, padded the ground at the jungle gym, you know, everything's come down, everything's smaller, you know. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're raising a bunch, we're raising a bunch of squishy blobs is what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> I think Joe Rogan <laughs> yeah. said it, you know, I usually botch it, Justin always usually fixes it, but Joe Rogan said something like, you know, hard times um, make oh, great, yes. you know, great men, great men make easy times, easy times right. make hard times, um, easy, uh, Make tough, yeah, tough men, yeah, something like that, something yeah. like that. And weak and weak men make hard times. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And it's so it's so true. Like, yeah. it's it's so mm-hmm. true, and it's like it's bizarre. This is the world I'm living in. Sometimes it's like the Twilight Zone, man. It's bizarre. You can see it throughout. You can see it throughout a lot of history too. I love history. I, um, you know, not an expert by any means, but you know, as as you get, you know, some something like Rome, they get, you know, very tough men have to establish it. Then they get become very wealthy. A lot of corruption mm-hmm. and then the fall, mm-hmm. right? And that that's always that always, you know, that happens with people too, you know. History repeats itself for sure. Mm-hmm. And people yeah. should be lo- It's cyclical. Yeah. And people yeah. should be looking at history and understanding it. And I feel like a lot of people just don't we talk about it all the time. People don't people just want to be told what to do and just do what they see. They don't want to actually go out and think for themselves or if they hear a certain topic or an event, they just believe what they see. They don't want to do their own right. research. They don't want to understand yep. the history or anything. They just say, oh, this guy said it. Oh, that must be true. Then I believe it too. We call them sheeple. Yeah, sheeple. It's, it's, we call them sheeple. They just want to, okay, tell me what I'm supposed to think. But Okay, that's what I'm going to think. Bizarre. But all right, so so I, I want to ask. Even, wanna- just, even, a, even like achieving goals. 
Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. Finish, finish what you're saying. Achieving goals. Even a, yeah, even even something like achieving goal. The best, uh, and this is another thing from Peterson. The 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 where you find the most joy and like your your um, <clears throat> you know your serotonin is kicking in is in the middle before even achieving even achieving a goal or accomplishing something. It's in that work period of like you're working your way there. You know, because once you achieve something or you have the goal, you know, you get that high from it and then it goes away. But it, but the best place to be is right in that right in that zone of of, um, you know, failing and figuring it out, but keeping it keeping going and you're mm-hmm. striving for something. So it's, you know, it's always important to have um, definitely definitely have goals. You know, you want to achieve goals and stuff, but you want to keep have new goals and Keep making yourself better. It's a, that's a that's a good thing. Like yeah. Matt Ryan, like Matt Ryan. It's a crazy says, thing to say. Yeah. <laughs> Matt, Matt Ryan, you know, he's the he was a quarterback for the Falcons when he lost the Super Bowl. But he said you got to embrace the suck. Like you got to yeah. you got to take it on the chin. You got to learn from it. Or like Eric yeah. Thomas says, fall in love with the grind. Mm. Just fall in yeah, love yeah. with the grind. You know, and that's why I'm a big advocate of of removing these uh, participation awards that they give to all these yeah. kids. Like just because you're on the team and just because you're playing. Doesn't mean you get a participation award. So because right. what you're actually doing by giving anybody that plays a participation award is you're robbing them of the feeling of actually achieving and and earning something, yeah. right? If you if you let's say you're you're playing a sport, right? I was an athlete, so I, I always go back to sports. So you're playing a sport. If you make it to like let's say you don't make it to the playoffs the first year, okay? You don't deserve a trophy. You didn't make it. You weren't the best team. You weren't the best player. You want you to feel, you're supposed to feel like shit. You don't deserve a trophy. Okay. <laughs> now the next season, you work harder. Okay. And then you get to the play. You get to the playoffs, but you lose. You don't deserve a trophy. You didn't win. Mm-hmm. You next year, you work even harder. Now you make it to the championship game and you lose. You don't get a championship trophy just for participating. But now, finally, next year, you make it to the champ and you win the championship. Now mm-hmm. you you actually will appreciate winning more because of the fact that you've lo- lost so many times and you realize how much work you had to put in to actually win something and to earn it and you'll appreciate it so much more than just hand at eh, okay here's your participation yeah, trophy it's a good point so like you obviously had a lot of success early on like how did you you know some people they they succeed super early and then they fall off obviously you're still doing what you love you're passionate for music you know how did you kind of keep it at a coast where you had this super successful rate and then you kind of just kept it going. You know, I don't know if you went down or up or, you know, how yeah, did you I definitely had, that? I definitely had my, my share of, you know, downfalls and, and rises. And, you know, I'm just, I'm, you know, honestly at, at this point in my life, you know, right now, not that I'm only 33, I feel I'm talking as if I'm super old or something, but I'm super lucky. I'm super lucky. Very, very grateful. Right. Very grateful that I get to do something I love. Not a lot of people get to do that, and I know that. Um, I didn't know it as well as when I was younger, but I know it even more so now. And yeah, very grateful that you know, I get to make music for a living. I mean, that's the mate. That's like, wow. I, you know, I won. The, I won the fucking lottery. You know what I mean? So I don't take it for granted. I definitely did when I was younger. I took it for granted. What were some of but the? I don't um, take it for granted now. What were know? some of like the obstacles that you faced early on or during your career that you kind of? kind of overcame and you're like you know you learn from it you're like you know that was a good that was a good fail to learn from or that was a good obstacle to learn from Def- definitely like 
you know, getting too into like partying and stuff was a big thing, you know, for me where it was like, I wasted a lot of time and a lot of money on stupid stuff I shouldn't have been doing, you know, in my, how I feel about it now. Some people can dabble and have fun and have a good time, but I just, I guess for me and my personality and kind of, I just always took things too far, you know, so that and ego for me, I've, I've learned to kind of like check my ego and be, you know, try to be humble in an industry where a lot of people are, aren't humble at all. Um, and surrounding myself with good people because I, I definitely, I didn't surround myself with, um, you want people that are going to, you know, help you grow and stuff. And I think when you're young, you know, find a lot of people that, um, not everyone, but that kind of like just waste your time. You know, I've, as I've gotten older, my time's very valuable. I think another thing with cigars, because they kind of like timekeepers, you know, you like I th- one of you guys said it in the podcast or on Instagram, it's like, this is my time. It's very important to me. I'm going to relax. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to have my cigar. So time is very important to me as I've gotten older. And so who I surround myself with, what I'm doing, um, all those things I take into account. And I, and I try to, you know, spin, s- do things that are really important with my time. Right. Know? Absolutely. Yeah. But there's a, there's... when I was younger, I just wanted to get, you know, just, Get fucked up and party. Yeah. Make music. Fuck, yeah. Bang seven gram rocks and finish right. them like Charlie Sheen. <laughs> you know, and, 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 and it's sad. It's really, it really is sad because a lot of young people, I think, do that. It's like you kind of just want to like not remember every day. It's really – it's 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 very tragic. Right? Yeah. Because I, I yeah. think a lot of younger people – now when I say younger, I think a lot of people just kind of want to get the day over with or, or you know, lose their mind, you know, kind of like – um, forget their day or forget what they're forget going their through. Forget their day. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. And, uh, you know, another cigar quote, you know, Matthew McConaughey is, you know, he likes cigars. It slows down his biological clock. You know, it kind of yeah. stops him in that moment. And it's just one with yourself and you're kind of just hanging out. And, yeah. uh, you know, on one hand, I'm kind of glad that cigars aren't as mainstream as they are because they might get a little diluted. But also it's like I do like it because not everyone understands this experience not everyone understands what it is to decompress, be one with your thoughts, actually have something to do with your, just yourself. And if you do want to enjoy what other people, something that you guys yes. can all enjoy and, you know, collectively Ooh. have Ooh. a uh, have a good time, a good moment. Don't lose the bourbon. No, I can't do that. <laughs> so so we're, we're, we're coming down to the end. We're about an hour and a half in. Um, and I want to ask you this question. We always like to ask this um, to our guests. And it, it yeah, I feel like it makes it makes you think a little bit, too. So if you could smoke a cigar with anybody, dead or alive, who would it be and why? They gotta be cigar smokers though, right? Because that's no, like well, it doesn't have no? to it doesn't have to no. be. I mean people so said, trying to think. people said Frank Sinatra, people said Tupac. That's you know, a good one. Yeah, they're not really like cigar people, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. People said my dad, you know, my dad, stuff like that. Yeah. It could be anybody. I like, um, I would, uh, you know, it was a huge cigar smoker and also a, uh, uh, Sigmund Freud was a big, big cigar smoker. I mean, I like, I like philosophy and stuff like that. So I'd love to, you know, and he was, he was on some weird shit for sure. That'd be a very interesting conversation. <laughs> for it'd, sure. be, it'd be interesting. Um, 
And then uh, G.K. Chesterton. Do you know who G.K. Chesterton is? No, I do not. He's like a he was a he was a, a big uh, Christian Catholic philosopher kind of guy. If you want to check him out, G.K. Chesterton. He wrote a lot. Of, he wrote about he wrote a lot of good stuff. Um, G.K. Um, Chesterton. He said we all we need more cigar smoking saints. Good morning, check him out. Amen to that. that that's <laughs> instantly intrigued me. <laughs> Amen to that, bro. He had his one of his one of his uh, very insightful things was he talked about, um, you know these these kind of ideas that we have in the world where we feel like we need to you know oh let's remove let's remove you know these traditions that we see in the world because they're old and and he he always kind of related it to if you're walking in a field and you come up to a fence you see a fence. Well, you know that fence was built by someone for some reason, right? You may not know who it was. It probably was a long time ago, but that fence is there for a reason. And so you don't want to just start ripping out fences, you know, that, you know, block the wolves, you know, or anything like that. So I always thought that was a cool, you know, especially when you're talking about traditional things, I think, you know, um, that's important. But yeah, check him out. G.K. Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton. That was a good one. And probably... Another, another like cigar. I I like the um you know um S- Stallone and Arnold. I love to smoke with those guys Catalyst, for sure. Maybe. Yes, I saw Arnold. Uh, it, it was right. I guess it, it was a while ago, maybe like two years ago. But he was riding his bike around here in in Santa Monica. Really? Does he look funny yeah. riding a bike? He lo- he's he's smaller than you than you think. Really. Well, yeah. Well, maybe now. He's maybe, kind of short. Maybe, maybe not. Short, maybe not. Back, maybe not back in, in the eighties and nineties when he was fucking no. huge. Yeah. <laughs> but he kind of on the screen, you know, Hollywood. So yeah, you, know, you kind of imagine him as like eight feet tall, and he's actually he's like my height, and that's like oh, it's like, it's like, like you know. oh, yeah, oh, as big okay. as you look. <laughs> right, right. I need to switch gears. <laughs> right. I'm going hill right now. Give me a cigar. He had like a, he had like one of those serious, you know, um, it looked like kind of more of a mountain bike. Got it. Wow. Thing. But it was cool. It was like, oh, there's Ronald Schwarzenegger. And I know he's a big cigar guy. Oh so. yeah. Oh yeah. I'd love to smoke with with uh we we try I would Sly love to get would be one of my yeah, one of my Sly would, would be a good one too. Sly he did something weird too. though. So I saw Arnold do something weird where he like um he coated a cigar in tequila. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. I don't know about that. We've tried it on the podcast and I'll be honest with you, I didn't really see the appeal. No. It didn't really do anything it. for me. No. Um but it didn't really and you know, we actually talked about it. We like we watched that video and we did a whole conversation about it. But it's like, you know, at least how, how we did it, we kind of try to emulate what he what he said, how his experience was. But you know, he tasted tequila for like maybe a minute or two, a couple of puffs, and then like after that, yeah. it was just back to the cigar. Yeah, so. didn't really do it for me. No, nah, no. Nah. Yeah. Do you so. do you ever try to experiment with dipping cigars into alcohol at all? I don't really ever dip yeah. them. I, I don't really. I've never really understood why you would, right? Yeah, it's yeah. I think somebody somebody had told me that it's meant to. I forgot how they said it, but they it was cigars are meant to be um, enjoy cigars and bourbon or cigars and spirits are meant to be enjoyed um, are meant to be pa- enjoyed as a pairing, but not together. I forgot how they, they yeah. said it some way where it's like you're meant to have them together, but not. Together, yeah, yeah, okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they said it. They said it more eloquently. Than I, that, I, I agree with that. I kind of, I, I know, you know, some people are fine, like, um, you know, smoking and and food. But to be honest, if I'm eating, I don't want like cigar smoke in my face. I want to like, you know, eat and then I'll and then go out, you know, or to a cigar lounge and then, you know, some stuff you want to keep separate. Yeah. So like, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah, maybe that's what they said. They're meant to be enjoyed together but separately. 
if that's if that, that makes, makes sense. sense. Oh, so, it definitely makes, makes sense. sense. But so I mean, so you know, this is this is kind of the end. And we just you know we want to yeah thank you very much thank for, you, for taking thank the time. You guys. I know thank you have you such a, much. a busy schedule, so we appreciate you you coming on the podcast. And um, I know you had said that you you have a. You go down to your local lounge. Sometimes you try to go to these events. You don't really have many people to smoke with, but you got two friends now to smoke cigars with. If you ever want to smoke, just hit us up. We'll get on a FaceTime. We'll have a cigar together. I love that. And I'm, I come to New York a lot. My my girl is from New York and her whole family. Uh, Connecticut, what? technically. Um, but right um, Northern New York. <laughs> they're uh, Bridgeport. Bridgeport okay. Connecticut. Yeah, it's so very I'm close there, to I'm New there York. all the time. So Yeah, so whenever you're over here, if we're over there, we'll get together. We'll have a cigar. Um, like I said, if you ever need a need a buddy to smoke with, need buddies to smoke with, yeah, man, hit us up. Please. I love that. Please, so, I love that. that. We would, I would love to. I'm, you know, Bridgeport's not far at all. Um, it always comes up whenever you're searching like uh, something near me, right? And uh, restaurants in Bridgeport <laughs> come up because it's only 20 miles north. Yeah. But really, yeah, don't they don't realize the map doesn't realize you got it. it takes three hours to go 20 miles. But. Yeah, <laughs> just that's in, like LA. That's very much that's like it. LA. Yeah. That's it. Because yeah, because yeah. if you're on Long Island, Bridgeport is like you know a 20 minute fer- not 20 minute, but like a 30 minute ferry. But you know we're on Long Island, but I live in I live in the county above Long Island now, so Bridgeport's maybe thirty minutes from me. Yeah, it's closer to you. But um, but yeah, man, if, absolutely. If you're in New York, hit us up. We'd love to meet and have a cigar, brother. Oh yeah, we I appreciate you coming on the podcast as always, and uh, good talking to you and spending some time. Good luck at your show this weekend too. Thank you, thank you very much. Thank you guys again for having me on. Absolutely, brother. We appreciate as it, always, man. you know Mason Musso, the man, a cigar, a cigar. What do we call him? Let's see, a cig- cigar rocker, cigar rock star. Cigar <laughs> rock star. There you Thanks go. So the cigar yeah, rock star. Appreciate you, brother. Cheers. Thank you, gentlemen. Cheers. Ooh.